I, I had to choose between instructors being employees or franchisees because at the at that point in about 1980-81, they were all um, independent contractors. But as my attorneys and my accountants <laughs> did tell me, which you know they always have to get in the in the fray, um, they said, you know, you better pick something because you don't really fit into the niche of being an independent contractor uh, situation. So I didn't want them to become employees because all of, by then I had about 1,200 instructors and I wanted them all to feel like they owned their own business, which at that point they did. So the franchising was the best way to go. So it was interesting though, I think it's kind of funny because the two most popular franchises in the 80s were Domino's Pizza and Jazzercise. Hi, I'm Pete McCall, and welcome to this episode of the All About Fitness Podcast. I, I love that quote. I, that's why I want to use that for introduction. The two most popular franchises in the 1980s were Domino's and Jazzercise. And of course, that voice you heard was the founder of Jazzercise, Miss Judy Shepard Missit. And this really, I mean, for me, I don't know, for listeners of All About Fitness, if you've listened to the podcast with any regularity, you know I'm a little bit of a history buff. You, you know that I enjoy speaking with some of the, the iconic brands and some of the people who helped make fitness what it is today. And that's why it's such an honor to speak with Judy. You can ask a few people on the street. If you stop anybody in the street, who whether or not they're into fitness, one of the name brands they recognize from fitness might be Nautilus and might be Stairmaster, but almost everybody knows the name Jazzercise. I first heard of Jazzercise way back in the 1980s when I was in junior high school. You'll hear me share that story. I, I remember my mother used to go come in late one or two nights a week. And where were you? I was at Jazzercise. And Jazzercise was founded in 1969. You'll hear the story of how Judy started it. You know, everything, what's funny is it became one of the most iconic brands in the industry, yet it kind of started by accident. You know, Judy was a dancer. She was training dancers and kind of fell into Jazzercise by accident. It grew into this huge company kind of by accident. And she came up with a way, one of the things I love about, about her story is that people can franchise Jazzercise. They, can, they don't have, you don't have to own a studio to be a Jazzercise franchisee. If you go through the process, you become an instructor, you can teach Jazzercise at a church, at a school, at a community center. And not only has does Jazzercise stay true to its roots with dance aerobics that's accessible to everybody, but one of the things that Jazzercise has done is evolve with the times. And they have online workouts. They have on-demand workouts. But today, there's a special opportunity to, and really, I was in the middle of, of recording this, this interview and, and listening to Judy talk, and it occurred to me that everything that she did, she had to come up with a way to train instructors. She had to come up with a way to certify her instructors. What I do today is a direct result. What the fitness industry is today is a direct result of Judy. That's why this is such a fascinating conversation. And if you're a fan of All About Fitness, if you enjoy the content of All About Fitness and you're looking to support All About Fitness, I'm not going to take advertiser dollars. I'm not going to hide content behind a paywall. And I want to give you solutions for how to use exercise to slow down the aging process and control the aging process. You know, Judy's in her later years. You know, if she started Jazzercise a little bit more than 50 years ago, she's still teaching 
I'm not going to let you do the math on that, but she's still fit and moving around. The exercise programs I have available down below in the show notes, functional core training, dumbbell strength training, kettlebell conditioning, they're based on the science. The science is there. If you do strength training, mobility training, power training, you can slow down the aging process. Each eight-week program costs a little bit less than $20. Use code AAF2020. That's code AAF for All About Fitness 2020. And you'll pay less than a little bit, you'll pay a little bit less than $20 for each eight-week program. You get strength training, mobility training, core training, metabolic conditioning, everything you need to stay in great shape and help you learn how to use exercise to control the aging process. And that's the other thing that's fascinating to speak with Judy in this interview is that she is still going. She's still teaching. I was actually on my way to interview her live at her office when all the COVID-19, basically schools got shut down. Everything got shut down. It was in early March of 2020 when we did this. We originally scheduled to do this interview. And I wanted to I wanted to reschedule it, but I wanted to go in. What I wanted to do is go in and do a, a class with either Shanna or Judy. Shanna is Judy's daughter. And do a class and then do the interview. And I, I am going to come back and take a class. Now, if you heard Shanna's interview last week, or you heard the previous interview, she told the story about what it was like to become a jazzercise instructor without telling her mother. Now, in this interview, in this episode today, the interview with Judy, you hear it from Judy's point of view. That's why I'm running this right before Mother's Day. Judy had no idea that Shanna, her daughter, was going through the training to become a jazzercise instructor. You know, you hear her reaction in the interview. So with that, let's get going. And it's a pleasure to really speak with one of the true icons of the fitness industry. Ms. Judy Shepard Missick. And it is a pleasure. It is really an honor to be speaking with, I would call you one of the OGs of the fitness industry, oh. Ms. Judy Shepard Missick. How are you doing today, Judy? I'm wonderful, uh, within reason. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think we're all, we're all doing within reason. But yeah. I mean that because, honestly, and, and I, really, I really mean this. I think a lot of people out there, if you ask the average fitness consumer, or not even the average fitness consumer, if you had to ask the average individual to name five brands in the fitness industry, I think Jazzercise would be one of those top brands. Has that been your experience since you started the, uh, started the business? Uh, yeah, I, I think we are a name that's pretty well known. We kind of have uh, become like Kleenex, you know, it's, it's generics. Yeah. Exactly. Well, I, that's the thing is you guys were boutique studios before boutique studios became a thing. How'd you get started? How did Jazzercise start? What, what, what's the origin story, as the kids say these days, of how you started such a, a global company? Oh, my gosh. Um, well, I didn't mean for that to happen. I have to say that right off the bat. Um, I um, was dancing in Chicago and I was um, teaching in a professional studio and performing professionally going to Northwestern University and teaching dance and I had a lot of women go through my classes and you know they would come and they wouldn't stay and I thought well why aren't they doing that and the reason was I was teaching it as though they were going to go on and become professional dancers when in fact, they did not want to become professional dancers. They just wanted to look like one. And I found this out by interview, interviewing them. And so I thought, well, then I have to change what I'm doing. I have to make this class be less intimidating, less disciplined, 
not so much a jazz dance discipline class, but something fun. So that's what I did. I started one class a week and um, just turned them away from the mirror, made it fun, make it easy to follow. And uh, lo and behold, I, the first class I had uh, 15 people, the second class I had 30, third class I have 60, and the room wouldn't hold anymore. And I thought, wow, I guess this is fun and I'm on to something here. And so I just continued to do that class one time a week. I graduated from Northwestern. I continued to work in the theater um, after graduation, um, but I still taught this one class a week. Then um, my husband was in TV news. He worked for CBS. He was a TV uh, news reporter for them. And um, he got kind of tired of it. it. was a tough time. This is the late 60s, the, um, you know, the early 70s. So it, it was a tough time in TV news. And he was ready for a change. And I was ready to do whatever. So we moved to California. And the reason we chose California was he had family here. His um uh, Father was a publisher and his brother was a publisher. And so we had made many trips out here to visit them and um, just decided, let's go. So we did. Well, California is the, you know, the body beautiful state. Everybody is um, into health and wellness. And so they just opened their arms to this idea that I had. And um that really spurred the growth, I think, because California, you know, was open to whatever I was doing. And the more classes I taught, the more people wanted me to teach. And I was still performing in L.A. and for different events. Um, but after I started teaching, it, it just became so engulfing, I guess you would say. And, and I loved it so much that I just really rather got out of the performing end of it, of theater, and started teaching, and then the company developed from there. Yeah, and that's that's my understanding just from reading the background for this, is that you really, you didn't plan on starting a global brand. You kind of, it kind of started around you. At what point did you realize that, that this was something that you could do full-time? Yeah, well, um, I guess I, I realized it when I, I continue to have so many people ask me to teach for them and uh, do classes. And so I, I was teaching maybe 30, 35 classes a week, which is wow. the most healthy thing to do. Wow. No, it's not. <laughs> That's yeah. amazing. And because of that, I um, lost my voice and I developed nodules in my vocal cords. Well, I, I thought, how am I going to navigate all this? Because the doctor said, you got to stop doing what you're doing or figure out something or, you know, this is, you're going to lose your voice forever. So I thought, well, I can stop teaching some of those classes, but I really loved them and the customers loved the class. And so then I thought, well, you know, I think I'll pick five women that will be teachers for me. And I'll give them some of the classes and we'll see what happens. Well, it was great. They loved them. My customers loved the new teachers. 
maybe not as much as me. You know, I have that, that performer's <laughs> no, ego, but yeah. it worked. It worked. And, um, and so off I went and my voice got better. And I thought, okay, I guess I'm onto something here. Let's see what happens. And from there, more and more people wanted to become instructors. So I, had to develop a training and uh, a way to handle all of that. And I, you know, my degrees in radio, TV, and in theater. So I really had no background in business. My mom said, Judy, you'll never have a head for figures, but now I have to have a head for two kind of figures, the number <laughs> and the body kind. But um, I had a lot of help. I, I, will say to this day, it, you know, it's never about one person. It's about building a team that, that are so good and so wonderful. And I just always had that surrounding me because, you know, I, I believe you surround yourself with people who lift you up. And I always try to do that. And I think it's important Hire people who are better than you, smarter than you, which I always did. And I think that's one reason the, the company grew um, so quickly is I, I had good people. And then I was lucky. Uh, you know, I think luck plays a part in things. And uh, I had things happen at the right time. For example, video cameras coming out on the market home video cameras and video recorders that allowed me to tape the choreography to disperse it to people who had moved to other parts of the country to teach. And that helped things grow. Um, you well, know, I wonder if I can cut in here for a second, where are you from the, the Midwest originally? Are you from the Illinois area? If you, if you went to school yeah. in Chicago, right. I was born in San Diego. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. My dad was in the Navy here. Uh, we lived here for about two and a half, three years. And then um, we moved back to Iowa, where my parents were from. So I grew up in Iowa. Then I went away to Northwestern, to Chicago. We lived there for about 11 years. And then uh, back to California, where I, my roots are. So I have no roots, but now I do. <laughs> well, I was thinking about that, Judy, because if you moved out here in the early 70s, you were here. I mean, that's when the fitness industry was blowing up. And that was when Muscle Beach was big. Uh, Pumping Iron came out in the late 70s. And kind of that's when people first started. You had, uh, what was it? Bat it wasn't Ballard. It was Hot A Spa at the time. You had Jack LaLanne. So you were really, I mean, as I mentioned before, we, before I hit record, I'm kind of a little bit of a fitness historian. You really were in the right place at the right time. So when you look around, when you look back on that, was that something that, did you realize that? Or did you thought, hey, I live in California. Everybody in California's appearance oriented. This is just the way it is. Yeah. Oh, hey, no. I I had no idea what other people were doing. I I just kept doing what I was doing and it was working. And, and, uh, you know, it, it, I, I was kind of overwhelmed. Things moved so quickly, um, at that point in time. And our growth was so dramatic that I just had to focus on that to even keep up with things. So, you know, that was, um, I, I really 
I had a little bit of awareness, but mostly I was just focused on keeping my head above water, you know, and um, training instructors. And it, it was fun. It, it was it was such a glorious time. It was really fun. We did a lot of performing all over the country. Um, you know, it, 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 it was just, uh, it seemed like a big party one day after another, even though I was working my patootie off. Um, but, you know, uh, I think also uh, in the early 80s, um, you know, we became a franchise. And um, that was because I, I, that was a great decision, I think, because I, I had to choose between instructors being employees or franchisees, because at, the, at that point in about 1980-81, they were all um, independent contractors. But as my attorneys and my accountants <laughs> did tell me, which, you know, they always have to get in the in the fray, um, they said, you know, you better pick something because you don't really fit into the niche of being an independent contractor uh, situation. So I didn't want them to become employees because all of, by then I had about 1,200 instructors and I wanted them all to feel like they owned their own business, which at that point they did. So the franchising was the best way to go. So it was interesting, though. I think it's kind of funny because the two most popular franchises in the 80s were Domino's Pizza and Jazzercise. And oh. so one kind of supported the other. You know what I mean? <laughs> you're absolutely right. You, you're absolutely 100% correct. And what I love about that, you know, I, I mentioned this, I just spoke with your daughter, Shanna. And what I mentioned was that you were the original mompreneur. I mean, now the, the term mompreneur is used to describe women who whether they're doing an online business or starting a business, they're, they're, they're mothers, most of them are stay-at-home mothers who start a business. You kind of did it out of necessity. And when, when did you realize that, that you had a hit on your hands? Yeah, I, uh, I guess it, it probably was when we did the franchising and all the instructors came on board with that and nobody left because they didn't want to be a franchisee. They understood the connection between what they were doing and what we had to do from a legal point of view. And um, so I, I think I understood it from that point of view. And, and just a little aside, I was, we had rented some offices and I was sitting in my office and the woman who was in really our COO came in and she said, um, we have, we have $800,000 that we need to do something with. What would you like to do with it? And I thought, what? I mean, I'm not, I don't pay attention to the numbers. I do now, but back then <laughs> I didn't. I let other people think about them. And in fact, I even let Shanna think about them more today than I do, which is nice because, you know, keep it in the family. But anyway, and at that point I thought, holy cow, I guess this is real, you know, it's real and I better sit up and take notice and be the best I can be um, because uh, 
we've got a nice thing going here. And it's, I was, I, you know, I do my passion. I love what I do. I've always loved dance. I knew that from the time I was a little girl, I'd be, do something with dance and, and the theater. And so, you know, being passionate about something, but also being able to have a purpose behind it, which was helping other women, women in particular, we still have guys too, but mostly women, to feel better about themselves and improve their self-image. And, and uh, you know, I, that was really important to me. And, and it made me feel really good that my dance background could do that. So I thought, you know, I better work hard and keep this going because it's a good thing. So that's what I did. <laughs> do your hamstrings really flex the knee? Are crunches the best way to strengthen your core? Which exercises really help you to target your glutes and thighs? Now, here's the thing. If you know your anatomy, if you know how your muscles are actually designed to function, then you can identify the best exercises that can help you reach your goals. The fact is our body was designed to move. All muscles work together. Anytime you're moving, multiple muscles are working together to produce that movement. The only time a muscle works in isolation is in a machine designed for muscle isolation. If you really want to learn more about your body, if you want to learn more about how your muscles function, if you really want to learn the best exercises to help you reach your goals with the lowest risk of injury, then join me for a webinar, Dynamic Anatomy. I'm hosting the webinar live on Friday, May 8th. If you're hearing this after May 8th, you can pick up a recording of the webinar, but for less than $23, use code AAFWebinar. There's a link down below in the show notes. And you'll get both a webinar and an ebook of Dynamic Anatomy that will help you learn how your body's designed to function. Here's the thing. Training movement patterns will help you reach your goals in a shorter period of time. You'll feel better. You'll move better. And you got to remember, form follows function. So if you teach your body how to move better with movement-based exercises you'll be surprised at the results you'll get from your workouts. That's Dynamic Anatomy, the webinar and ebook, one package, less than $23. You can join me live on Friday, May 8th. If you're hearing this after May 8th, you can pick up a copy of the recorded webinar along with the ebook, Dynamic Anatomy. The more you learn, the more you know about how to use exercise to enhance your quality of life. I look forward to having you join me. Thank you. Well, I love the fact that you bring that up, Judy, because that's one of the things I'd wanted to ask about was just how much did it mean to you, the fact, because for listeners, the way the, I think, if I understand your model correctly, is if somebody becomes an instructor going through your program, they can have a, their own franchise to teach classes. They don't need a physical location, but they can actually go out and teach classes at like a rec center or community center. So is, am I correct in that? Yes, that's right. Yeah. And, 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 and what did well, that mean? To be, well, I was going to say to begin with, that was the only place... The only kind of facilities that we had were uh, community facilities. And that worked really well because women in particular were used to going there to take their kids to programs and whatnot. So it worked out really well for us. Today, we still have those, but we also have owned and operated brick and mortar places uh, also. Yeah. And because you started around, you know, what I'd read in, in doing the research for this, because you started around Camp Pendleton, 
you had a you had a large number of your customers, your, your original customers were were military, where you know their husbands or their spouses were in the military. I guess husbands back then um, yeah. were in the military. And what did when did you realize that, that oh my goodness, you now had an international business? I mean, how did the international side of your business evolve? Yeah, well, I really I could attribute it and do to the fact that San Diego is a military town. And yes, we had a lot of customers, women who came to class who were involved with the military one way or another. They may be in the military or married to someone. And um, then they got deployed to other parts of the world, other parts of the country. And um, they wanted to continue to teach jazzercise. They had become instructors. They wanted, or they wanted to be one and take it with them because they thought, you know, there's not going to be any jazzercise in Stuttgart. So I want to do it. So, um, yeah, so that's what happened. We trained a lot of these people. They went on to other parts of the world, uh, other parts of the country. And that's how we really uh, began to grow on a national and international basis. Um, but there were other ways too. For example, one woman was married to um, the quarterback of the Cleveland Browns. And so, but they were from California. So they lived here part-time and in Cleveland part-time. So she became an instructor and she said, well, can I take this to Cleveland? Because we're there six months, I'll develop a group and then find someone who can take that over when I'm back here in San Diego. And I said, sure. So that's what she did. And Ohio became the first big state outside of California that jazzercise grew. Now on an international basis, a lot of those women went to bases uh, and taught on bases in other countries, but then expanded out into the economy of the country. Uh, one woman who was Italian uh, came to, I think it was Dallas or Houston, I'm not sure which one, but anyway, she, her husband was an airline or Air Force uh, officer for the Italian Air Force, and they came over here to train. She took a class, loved it, and she wanted to be a jazzercise instructor, so she learned English so she oh, could wow. communicate, yeah, and took it back with her uh, to Rome, and she was responsible for developing, really, the whole countryside in Italian, uh, or the Italian countryside. So that sort of, you know, there were so many, as I said, good people who really loved the program and and were attracted to it and became passionate about it themselves and then went on to do fantastic big things on their own, which I always loved and was always very encouraging because, um, you know, I think uh, it's really wonderful when you see women blossom and find something they love and throw their energy into it and become successful. So that was also part of my goal, always. The question, Judy, where did you come up with the name Jazzercise? I, I think I can kind of guess from it, but did you, how did you develop that name? And did you realize what a powerful brand name that was when you developed it? Of course, I didn't realize that. 
I did. I mean, because you went. I mean, you went to Northwestern, and Northwestern has one. You know, the Kellogg School of Business is one of the top yes. schools of business schools for branding. And so, you know, it's kind of like I, I had to ask that question because I didn't know if you if you purposely no. came up with Jazzercise, but it is such a perfect brand name. How did that name come about? And did you realize well, the goal yeah. that you had when you developed it? It didn't happen until I got to California and I was teaching at the YMCA in La Jolla and I had these huge classes, like a hundred people in the classes. And one woman who had been with me a long time, this was about 1972, I think she, or 74 maybe. Yeah. And she came up to me and she said, well, you know, don't you have a name specific for this? Because at the time it was like dance for fun and fitness or something like that. And I said, well, no, just that. And she said, well, I think you should call it jazzercise because it's part jazz dance and part exercise. So that would be a good name. And I said, well, I think you're right. And the more I thought about it, the more I thought, yeah, so I asked somebody in my class who um, had been also with me for a while in the Oceanside area. She was helping her uh, husband, who at that point was an attorney. I said, do you know how to register names? <laughs> because I, I think this name would be really good. And she said, yeah, I can help you with that. And I said, okay, well, let's do it. So we went about, I, I remember it as clearly as I remember to yesterday. And, you know, we went about doing, securing all the things that we needed to do and we registered it and I got the trademark. And that woman later became my chief operating officer. She oh, left wow. her husband and <laughs> <came on board. laughs> with me. <laughs> And so you're driving. Well, that's pretty. You're driving from Oceanside down to La Jolla. I mean, for people that might not know the San Diego area, that's that's a long drive. If you're you're you driving down that far to teach the classes. Oh my gosh, yes. I I I drove a thousand miles a week. Oh wow. Teaching all over the county. Uh huh. It's a good and, thing and I like to drive. I had I had a little yellow Honda hatchback <laughs> well those little little two-door hatchbacks from the late 70s or mid 70s yeah. yeah it worked though it was very dependable <laughs> well and then you know so the other thing that is so much fun to speak with you is because you really did evolve and your daughter you know you became such a brand name the fun thing about it is the first introduction i had to fitness judy was back in the maybe the early to mid 80s when i was a uh, maybe early in my early teens my mother started going to jazzercise classes. And I just remember, you know, so this was like, I lived, I grew up outside the Washington DC area and it was in the, so it was about 10 or 12 years later, I'm thinking maybe 85, 86, when my mother was going to these jazzercise classes that it, I just want to give you that, that feedback that it spread that wide in a relatively short period of time. And your daughter told me this great story about how you got on the dinosaur show. Uh, what can you can you tell? Was that your first big exposure? How did you first start getting media for what you're doing that be, that became the rage it did? Yeah, um, that was the first big exposure. Uh, it certainly was. Um, I, you know, my husband was really good at marketing, and and um, so I had written a book, my first book, it was just called Jazzercise: A Fun Way to Fitness. It sold like 500,000 
copies. Wow. And, and um, which at the time I didn't know if that was good or bad. Now I do. It was pretty good. <laughs> That's anyway, very good. Yeah. Um, so um, I thought my husband said, you know, you should get on some television exposure with that book. And I said, okay, well, what do you mean? And he said, well, go up to LA and knock on the dinosaur show door and see if they won't let you in. <laughs> so that's what I did. I, you know, I went up there, I had the book and, and I said, gosh, you know, I have, uh, I have a new book out and it's really cool. And I think it would be fun to be on your show and she was really the first person to have that kind of a talk show. You know, there weren't really any other people on like that. So um, I didn't know if they, you know, I just did it. And I, I walked into CBS Studio City and I said, where's the dinosaur show? And they <laughs> pointed down the hall and I knocked on the door and the producer happened to be in there and I just told them my story and they said, yeah, we, we'd love to have you. We'll book you. So, you know, there we, there we go. And then that started our apparel line because when I went on the show, I wore a leotard and a friend of mine was an artist. I said, make me a logo and we'll put it on the front of the leotard in case the show doesn't say the name enough or key it in or anything. So she did, and it was red, and it said jazzercise across my chest. And when I came back to teach my classes, everybody was, oh, my gosh, where can we get those leotards? They're fantastic. We love them. So I, this friend who was an artist, she and I pooled our money. She designed the logo. We had it screened on T-shirts and leotards and took them to class and they sold out in a day, which gave us more money to do more. And that eventually evolved into um, the apparel line that we still have today. So oh, I say I'm lucky and I am things, you know, I fell into place, but I believe that in life you're given cues, messages, signs, signals, and you have to be aware enough that that's what you're seeing and then do something about it. And so I, I think I was able to do that, and that's how we evolved. Well, one of the reasons I, I love asking about this, Judy, is you know people might not realize that back in the seventies and eighties, you know, we didn't have email, we didn't have Twitter, we did not have you know the social media channels we have now. And the reason why I mentioned you know my mother taking your classes is because in, in the span of ten or twelve years, if your class from Southern California became popular enough that a woman was going to it in suburban Washington without the modern marketing we have today, then it really has a power to it. And, and you have so many people, as somebody who's a consultant for different brands, you have so many people entering the fitness space right now that they try to come up with a brand name first. And they try to come up with this cool brand image and they try to sell merchandise before they really have a product. You kind of like, what's what I love about your story is it's so organic that you really you didn't realize what you had. You're just you're just following your your passion. Do you are you amazed at how fitness has changed over the years? You know, in terms of what the industry has become since since you started your business. Yeah, I I am. I mean, it's certainly filled uh, 
it became an industry. When I started, it wasn't an industry. It was Jack LaLanne, maybe Bonnie Pruden. I think there was Debbie Drake who did a dancer size thing. And, you know, there, that was it. And, uh, and today, as you say, there are many, many brands, but I think there's a difference here because most of the people that are getting into fitness now, and they're, as you say, trying to find a name and then, you know, become a brand, they do it for the money. And I never done it for the money. I mean, you can ask anybody in my company from past to present and nobody would say, oh yeah, Judy makes her decisions based on dollars. I never do. I, it's, is it a good idea? Is it going to be fun? Will it create a winning situation for the company, for the person doing it, for our customers? And if the answer to all those questions is yes, then we're going to do it. And, you know, you're right. Back then, um, there wasn't all the social media. Of course, we had TV. Um, and I was on a show called PM Magazine, which was a... I remember that. <laughs> yeah, kind of to um, extra. It was like, you know, extra or... Uh, entertainment tonight, those kind of shows. And uh, so I did that for over a year and I, I was on every Thursday night. So that gave us some exposure nationwide, certainly. Um, and I was kind of crazy and fun and people were attracted to that, you know. But I think if this coronavirus had happened then, it would have been very hard for us uh, and for anybody who had a, a business that involved what we do to stay aloft. Today, we can do that because we have so much technology and so much virtual ability. So it makes it good. Um, back then, my husband did a newsletter, which it was proved invaluable to me when I was writing my book because a lot of these things I couldn't remember. But he, we put out these newsletters like every two weeks to the entire group around the world. And so, you know, it was stories about what was happening in Jazzercise, not just to me, but to other instructors as well. And those were Really, that was our social media back then. That was the only thing we had. Well, no, I, I totally remember like the, the little the people used to do like Xerox and mimeograph little zines, fanzines back in the 80s, you know, the punk rock scene and whatnot. So you're right. You, you, you got mailers in the mail and that was your social media. Now, one thing I want to point out, Judy, is that the, my main business is I do, I, I develop education for personal trainers and fitness professionals. I went to work for the American Council on Exercise for a few years. That's what brought me out to San Diego. And as you're talking, you you were ahead of, you know, you're ahead of idea. You're you're you were out there training instructors before Peter and Kathy Davis came along. And they're the ones who founded idea. And for listeners, they also the American Council on Exercise was the first big certification that spun out of idea. And idea for people that might not know stood for International Dance Exercise Association. You know, what, what, how does it feel to kind of 
there's now a whole industry around training instructors to do what they do. Yet here you are again, kind of making up as you go along. How did you create the first instructor trainings? I mean, what was it? You know, how did you put that together? And did you realize that you're kind of starting something that was going to be a whole new industry for years going forward? Yeah, well, no, certainly I didn't realize that, but I knew that these, I'm a dancer, I'm a trained dancer, and I knew that the people we were going to have to become instructors needed to have a training. They needed to know uh, as much as possible about dance and what it could do and technique and how to, how to teach it. Um, and so, I, you know, that played a big part in the people we selected, that most of them had dance backgrounds or physical education backgrounds. So they were, you know, they moved well. And um, so that, that was a big part of our training was based in dance, which is, you know, phenomenal. Dance has been around forever. And you mentioned Catherine, Kathy and Peter. I remember being in my office when Kathy Davis asked to come and see me. And she said, you know, I think I'm going to start an association for dance fitness people. Could you give me any tips on how to do that? <laughs> and just so you know, just so you know, Judy, she listens to the podcast. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. And she and I said, sure, we can, you know, I'll give you whatever I can, pick my brain. What I do is a little bit differently, different, but yeah. And so, you know, she did that and she and Peter went on and, and we've become, we've been friends ever since, good friends. So, um, you know, that was my first inkling that, gosh, I guess, you know, there's, more people doing this and a lot of other people don't know quite how to train folks. I, because being a dancer had a, a big background in how to do that. So, um, you know, it was important to me that the instructors could be good on stage, could cue that they moved well because they became the customer's mirror you know, what you're doing on the stage, people are trying to replicate. So, you know, um, that was important. And so we based the whole training around those things. And the person, and, and, you know, and is this person personable? Are they going to be able to connect with the customers and, and develop a rapport? So uh, part of that is based on my theater experience, I think, as well. So, um, and today, you know, we still have a great training program, which I, after a certain point, I would help to train all these instructors. And after a while, I had really good people training and they said, Judy, you need to go <laughs> because <laughs> you're letting everybody, you want everybody to do this. You know, you're so uh excited about it but there are some people that just aren't right for it and we mm. just can't you know and you can't say no so let us say no so i i said okay good i'll be happy to do that and so i stepped down and well, that, that's it was just, good. 
Well, it's so fascinating because I didn't even think about that in preparing for this conversation. Now, getting ready to, to wrap up here, wrap up the, the conversation, talk a little bit because you're talking about a performer. Are you still teaching jazz? Do you still teach a couple classes a week? Because yeah. what I told what I told your daughter is, you know, we originally booked this. The, the day that we booked this was the day that like all the schools in our area closed. And so we had, we had to postpone our original um, appointment, but I'd wanted to take a class with either you or Shanna. And I don't, you know, my ex-wife used to teach step class. I used to take her step classes. So it's been years since I've done a choreography class, but I'm going to put myself, I put myself on the hook with Shanna. I'm going to do the same thing with you, but <laughs> are you still teaching and, and talk a little bit about what it means to be an instructor? Because some people who listen are instructors, but there is a certain, you, you become connected with the groups you teach, right? Yes. Right. Right. Um, yeah, I teach a couple times a week. Um, uh, one class, I might do a higher impact, and then I have another class that's all low impact and uh, with a little bit older um, a demographic, which I think is really important because everybody deserves to be fit, no matter what age you are. And um, I, you know, I think, and I think any instructor you talk to would say, it's a special gift to be able to do what we do. Um, Not just the fact that we can be on stage and be performers, which of course we can, but the fact that you can reach out and touch people and see them change and see them improve and their lives change and they come to us and they tell us these fabulous stories about how it transformed them and you know now they're going to college or they decided to get married or they got a divorce because you know they finally had the courage to do that they you know and those kinds of things are priceless they are a gift and I think we hold such a, a sense of gratitude to be able to do that kind of thing. I know when I first started, people said, oh, yeah, you're the little exercise girl. Well, you know what? It was much, much more than that. And those people who said that, frankly, were men and mm-hmm. they didn't get it. And some of them still don't get it, but it doesn't matter because we're doing good things for for our customers and they do good things for us as well. It's, It's as much a give and take thing as anything you will ever experience. And, um, I'm so grateful that we're still here after going now on 51 years. Wow. And um, yeah, and it's just a, 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 a wonderful gift. That's the only thing I, I can say. It's, you know, um, to be able to be in, in this business and do what we do. Uh, you can be a performer, but, but you're, you're giving more than just performing. You're giving a sense of health and wellness. And that's enormous, I think. Well, you're absolutely right. And what I, what I tell when I, when I do workshops, one of the things I point out to, to people who are in our industry is that when somebody comes to somebody takes a class with you, Judy, if somebody even listens to this podcast for an hour or they take a class with me or they do a workout with me, 
they're giving us an hour of our time. You know, people can go out and earn more money. People can go buy more stuff. But what people cannot do is they cannot buy more time. And so if somebody's giving you an hour of their time as an instructor, we owe it to them to make it special. You know, we owe it to them to make that hour worthwhile. And, and it's fascinating to hear you speak that. that that's, that's what resonates. That's what I hear in your story is that that kind of that resonates. And that's what made that's what's made it. You know, you're you in your franchise, you and your company have have made our industry special because you took that approach to it. And I don't even know if you if you realize at how, how you started such a, a powerful thing by creating your little dance class here in Southern California. Well, thank you. I, I appreciate that. Those are very thoughtful, kind words. Um, yeah, it, it's, I think you're right. You owe those people who come to your class, who take the time and put the energy into it to get something good back. And, um, I think, I think about that every time I teach, I think, okay, I have to, touch every single person in this class. So when they leave the class, they're going to say, I feel better. I feel better. My day will be better because of this. And if they can say that and you can have that impact, then you've made a difference. And that's what brands today are. That's what all the fitness brands today are trying to recreate. You know, you, you got the magic formula 51 years ago. Now to, to wrap this up, did you ever, you now have Jazzercise on demand. How, how, how you adapted to this new digital age where we have social media and digital on demand. Did you ever in your wildest dreams, when you first started doing VHS tapes, choreography in the backyard, did you ever imagine that people would be watching Jazzercise classes on their phone on like a handheld computer in their pocket? <laughs> No, of course not. We never even knew back then that you could talk on a phone without a cord. You know? Exactly, right? So, <laughs> I, I mean, uh, there you go. So, no, but it's, it's oh gosh, it's so cool to be able to do that and to get to people who otherwise couldn't take class. Or a lot of uh, people on Jazzercise on Demand are people that have been in our classes and moved to an area maybe where they couldn't find one. So now they, they, they do it virtually and, and that works. Um, it's been a wonderful uh, addition during all this Corona crisis um, because our students have been able to go online and we were able to make it free for them to do so that they could stay with us and, and get a similar experience to the, a live class, but um, not have to give that up. So um, I'm really fortunate uh, that we have that technology today, you know, and, and, and that we were able to understand how we could put it together so we could reach out and still touch other people. Well, I just think it's fascinating because when you were doing some of your early videos that you, you probably stole, I mean, you would schedule like a full day at a studio, have two cameras, lights, everything. And now people can do almost the same thing with their, with their phone, right? In their living yeah. room, you know, oh, to see yeah. that evolution. Yeah, it's absolutely amazing, you know, but hey, I, it's good. It's a good thing. You, you know, life marches on, time marches on and, and you have to, be able to adapt to what's going on in the world. Um, and so it's much easier now. You're right. 
And yeah, back then we had three cameras, sometimes four cameras. <laughs> so, you know, now my husband and I do a little clip that I put on uh, our business uh, channel for all of our franchisees every Monday. And my husband, because we're now sequestering at home, he's the one behind the phone and the camera <laughs> shooting what I'm saying. And, you know, and I, and it, I finish, and in five minutes, it it goes out to eight thousand people. It's amazing. And that's that's so that's so cool, and that's so cool how you've been able to evolve with that. Now, last thing to wrap up, Judy, is you know, and just speaking with, with your daughter and reading about this in the research I was doing, she apparently became a jazzercise without jazzercise instructor without telling you that she was doing that. What did that mean to you to have your daughter do that, and and what's it mean now to have her involved in, in the business with you? Yeah, well, my daughter is an incredible woman. She is so talented. But when, you know, when she was growing up, she was a junior jazzercizer. And we did a lot of performing all over the country. And she loved doing that. And then she went off to college. And I mean, I never, ever said anything to her about you know, you should be in the business, you should be an instructor, blah, blah, blah. I just felt like it was up to her to make that decision. And she went away and uh, she went to the University of Arizona and um, she went to class. And the woman who was our area manager in that uh, area approached her and said, you know, you should become an instructor. And she said, oh, I don't, no, and finally she got talked into it. But she said, "Just don't tell my mom or dad." <laughs> and, uh, and so she went through the training, and of course she passed. And I was in, believe it or not, Monaco, huh. uh, training. I think some instructors or something. And I was four in the morning, and my phone rang. And you know how you get scared to death when you get those calls in the middle of the night. And so I said, Shannon, she goes, yeah, hi, mom. And I said, well, what's the matter? What's the matter? She, oh, I became an instructor. And I said, an instructor of what? <laughs> I couldn't, you know, it didn't even dawn on me. And then she told me, and oh, my God, that just filled my heart with, you know, so much love. I, I felt so proud and so special that she had chosen this on her own, to do this on her own, even though, of course, this manager sort of, you know, pushed her into it. But, uh, and she was good from day one as an instructor, and she just got better and better. And um, she's, uh, you know, and now I, I didn't know if she'd go into the business. I mean, she loved teaching. She taught in Tucson while she was going to school. And then we had an opportunity for her to go to Japan for a year and to um, help Jazzercise Japan grow. And she did that between her junior and senior year at, at U of A. And then when she came back, finished school, came back home, she just sort of evolved into the melted into the business. And today she pretty much runs the place, you know, and uh, it's awesome. She's creative. She's caring. 
She's business smart. Um, she's fabulous on the stage. She's a good choreographer. What more can I want? And one more thing that she's done is produce two beautiful granddaughters who are fantastic dancers. So, um, Hey, I'm set. <laughs> yeah, that is, I mean, just think about that. Here you are, you, you, you wanted to do something different. You wanted to keep women coming back to your class and look what you've created, Judy. All these years later, you, you've created a legacy that has influenced thousands and thousands of people around the world. I really, I want to thank you for your time. I want to thank you for what you've done. And, and just in this conversation, you know, a lot of the stuff that the industry is doing today is really just, you know, it's partly, I mean, you were one of the you were one of the founding, I would call you one of the OGs, the original gangsters, <laughs> you know, and, and it oh, really is <laughs> to use that term. And I mean that, you know, you really created a lot of what studios are doing, a lot of what the education groups are doing. You really were a pioneer and you've really kind of created, I wouldn't be doing today. I wouldn't be doing what I do today if you really hadn't have done what you did with Jazzercise. So on okay. behalf of that, I want to say thank you. And this has really been a fascinating, I really have loved this opportunity to have us chat with you. Oh, well, that's very thoughtful, very sweet, very kind. Thank you for that. I appreciate it so much. And I'll have all the information on how people can follow up and find out about Jazzercise in your area because Jazzercise is still going strong 51 years later and Judy's still out there teaching it up. So really, I, I really appreciate your time, Judy. Thank you. Thank you so much. I, I love doing this with you. It's always fun to reminisce. <laughs> And I'll definitely look forward to come up and taking a class. And just so you know, um, Judy, while we we're while we we're having the conversation, I did send a quick text to uh, Dr. Petrozella, Natalia Petrozella. So she says a big hi. Oh, <laughs> good. Well, tell her that back. Yeah, I watch. I, I always look at her Instagram, so it's always fun. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you for your time, and I will come up. I once we once all this stuff is lifted, and I do want to come up and take a class and and see how my and I actually have a pair of tights that I'll wear too. I'll, I'll, oh, I'll wear so. <laughs> you don't have to do that. No. <laughs> if you want, look, say no, 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 no. But <laughs> all right. Well, thank you for your time, Jude. That really was. I mean, that was just a fabulous fabulous conversation i really enjoyed that opportunity to speak with her uh, it's kind of funny i was a little nervous right you know i i've gotten used to doing these interviews now i've done almost a little bit more than 200 episodes of all about fitness and recently you know speaking with some of the icons speaking with dorian yates not long ago you know dorian was a six-time mr olympia you know speaking with judy i was ner- nervous speaking with judy judy basically founded the fitness industry and i love that story that she said for people that might not know, I mean, IDEA is one of, is a trade association of fitness instructors. I, you know, if you've heard that name, IDEA, on here, um, a lot of people that I know, a lot of the educators I know are affiliated with IDEA. IDEA does a magazine. They do a couple of big conferences. The IDEA World Conference is, is a large. That's like the Super Bowl of fitness every year. That's a big, large fitness conference. We all do what we do. And IDEA was started by Kathy Davis, Kathy and her husband, Peter Davis. And they've sold Idea. Idea is now owned by a different entity. But the, the fact that Kathy reached out to Judy before she started Idea, I love that story. I love those little bits of history by speaking with some of these icons, some of the people who found it. I mean, think about it. If you do classes today, whatever type of class you do, that's a derivative of what Judy did. Judy was the first one to really make group fitness accessible. In the 70s, it's, I mean, you really, I mean, you had a couple things happen in the 70s. You had health clubs become more popular. The movie Pumping Iron was made. Jazzercise was blown up everywhere. The Cooper Clinic was promoting aerobics as a great form of exercise. 
And that really is, that was the start. That was the genesis of our industry. And if you're a big fan of fitness, if you love exercise, you love one, if you love working out and you're looking for ideas, not only do you have the workout programs I have for sale down below, but you can pick up a copy of my book, Smarter Workouts, The Science of Exercise Made Simple. In Smarter Workouts, I teach you the science behind metabolic conditioning, mobility training, and core strength training. So not only do you learn how to do workouts, but you learn why. And you learn how to design your own workouts. I've been per- educating personal trainers for almost 20 years. So think of Smarter Workouts as you learning how to become a personal trainer for yourself. You'll learn everything you need to know about how to design workout programs that produce real results. If you want to support the podcast, that's one way you can do it. Pick up one of the workouts I have for sale. Pick up a copy of Smarter Workouts, and I guarantee you, you'll get a lot out of either of those. You know, I've shared on here, you know, I get to work right now. I'm a consultant for Nautilus and for Stairmaster. And really, this is, you know, that's one of the reasons why I stay with them. I mean, this is a chance to touch history. Right. And that's why I kind of geek out on it. Right. It might not be that important. You might, oh, well, you know, I didn't like history in school. But when you look at this, you know, Judy is one of those people that, you know, if you do Orange Theory, if you do CrossFit, whatever you do in group fitness, whatever you might be doing, you know, it was really started by her starting that class in Chicago dance studio more than 50 years ago and growing it. And, and I don't know if it would become so popular. I mean, she had so many things happen just right. I mean, the fact that she moved to San Diego when she wasn't far from the Marine base at Camp Pendleton, where people moved around the world and took jazzercise with them. You know, the fact that she wasn't far from LA and could go up and do the studios. The fact that she wasn't far from LA and had celebrities get involved. Anyway, there were a whole number of factors that really helped promote jazzercise. And that's really why I, I was fascinated. Anytime I get an opportunity to interview one of the icons of the fitness industry like Judy, I, I'm going to jump on it. Because one of the things I want to do with All About Fitness is to help you learn how we got where we are. I don't want to just talk about fitness. I don't want to talk about working out and sweating. You know, that's pretty boring to me, in all honesty. I want to talk about why we do the things we do. Why do we do certain things versus others? That's really what All About Fitness is. All About Fitness kind of peels back the curtain and helps you understand exactly what's going on with fitness and the fitness industry and everything so you learn how to use exercise to enhance your quality of life. Now, if you have any ideas for show ideas, any topics you'd like me to cover, please, by all means, reach out to me, Pete, at PeteMcCallFitness.com. That's Pete, at PeteMcCallFitness.com. You can throw me an Instagram at PeteMcCall underscore fitness on Instagram. That's PeteMcCall underscore fitness on Instagram. And I'm putting up a lot of information right now on the YouTube channel, All About Fitness Podcast on YouTube. That's All About Fitness Podcast on YouTube. I'm throwing up workouts I'm throwing up some sciencey, geeky stuff. I'm throwing up some webinars I've been doing. I'm just trying to put a lot of information out there to really to enable you and empower you to learn how to use exercise to enhance your quality of life. As always, thanks for stopping by, and I look forward to having you join me for future episodes of All About Fitness. <music>